All right. So so you start with a name, and then I'll, we'll go back and forth. Okay. All right. Uh, let me pull up my let me pull up my list here. Okay. Uh, here, my here's my first one. Okay. We both podcast together. Oh my god, that's so good. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. My first suggestion is poor and wretched boys. Oof. Which I is... mean, here's what I like about it. If you Google it, you're going to get some really weird porn. <laughs> I mean, we should be as ungoogleable as possible. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we'll keep that one on the keep that okay. on the list. Okay. Uh, the second one I have is the hazards of loving the Decemberists. Uh, okay. Okay. I was trying to think of something with hazards of love when I was coming up with names. So, or it could also be the hazards of love dot 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 ing the, ing De- the Decemberists <laughs> or yeah. hazards of love and then in parentheses ing the Decemberists. Uh, yeah, good. Th- these are all good because again, really hard to Google. <laughs> right. Really hard for the old. Very SEO. helpful. Okay, uh, here's my next one: the rake and the roustabout. Which one? Which one are is which? Though? I mean, I would assume that that I would be the rake and you would be the roustabout, but we should probably do some dictionary work before deciding wow. that. <laughs> I'm a, honestly, I'm a little offended that. <laughs> You would consider me the roustabout. Like I, I feel mean, like I don't think either of them are good things to be. I, I, roustabout is I, roust, there's no negative inherentness to no nothing inherently negative about being a roustabout. I think. I suppose. I mean, but they, it's interesting they use because there is the rake song, but then also right. the mariners is the rake. Perhaps it's the same person. Shared universe. Oh, Probably not. Oh boy, sounds like <laughs> sounds like something for a future episode to discuss. All right, All right. Uh, last one for you. Yeah. So uh, uh, again, and and l- let me just preface this by I think for any of these titles, if we throw like a subtitle, you know, a Decemberists podcast after it, you know, th- that's gonna sure. that's gonna like solve and, a lot of these. And really, I'm wondering what's gonna look good on a T-shirt. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah, because we're already there. We're already yeah, to merchandising. Actually, merchandising before, to our, yeah. But we don't even have a name, and we're already talking about how we're going to merchandise for sure. legions of fans. Which All is, right. I think, that's a good place to be. Uh, okay, so, uh, so the the last one, uh-huh. uh, we belong to you, a Decemberists podcast. I don't even know if I get that reference. Wow. Okay. Maybe you're not the right person to be co-hosting with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a reference to the song a singer addresses his audience. Oh, okay, that's we, a deep cut. You're going because it's. I, I feel the like the first track <laughs> off of their second most recent album. Okay, well that just does tell you my my anti recency bias when it will come to this podcast. Um, all right, so I, I'm going to throw two out for my last ones because I can't I can't choose between these. One of them is Bandit Kings. Okay. And my other one is The Heart That You Call Home. Okay, and you were you were accusing me of pulling deep cuts with the... <laughs> Wait, what? That's Red Right Ankle is Oh no wait, is that Red Right Ankle? Shoot. Oh boy. <laughs> engine driver. Engine driver. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> or were you saying Bandit Queen is a deep cut? Well, I mean both. Honestly. Bandit well so yeah, you're inverting Bandit Queen, which that's a that's an EP cut, right? 
Uh, yeah, but I feel like Bandit Queen got a decent amount of live play. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so l- let's volunteer to take some of our own off the table before we start uh, All right. airing so this down. I honestly think that out of mine, I would only be in favor of poor and wretched boys. <laughs> okay. Well, I think my favorite, I'm going to say, uh, is the Hazards of Love dot 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 in Decemberists. I think those are both great options. Yeah. So how do we decide? Yeah, that's. I, mean, I guess we could ask our audience, but that's we kind of need a title for the podcast before we uh, post it. So I mean, we could we could take a vote, but I, I'm pretty sure I know how it's going to turn out. <laughs> um, we could do uh, one of ours as the subtitle, so it could be like the poor and wretched boys, and then the subtitle is the hazards of loving the Decemberists, or is is two song title references putting us in a different category of you know, obnoxiousness. If this, if this was like, you know, I don't know, a, a, a less grandiose bands fan cast, I feel like it might be too much. But I think perhaps the Decemberists warrant that amount of uh, excessive verbiage. I would agree. I would agree. Um, or it could be the reverse. The Hazards Loving the Decemberists and then it could be like with the poor and wretched boys. That's no. <laughs> that's a that's a hard pass for me. I, I don't mind the other way though. Okay. I don't mind it the other way. Okay. It's kind of interesting that you said the hazards of loving the December is your favorite of your titles, because my favorite of your titles is we both podcast together. Well you have to decide. I mean that's the thing. We can't, <laughs> I know. We, we can't leave we're this recording conversation. this. So like people are gonna see how wishy washy we are if we don't just make a decisive <laughs> comment. I mean, I would, I would be all right with we both podcast together. Okay, um, and then with the subtitle of the hazards of love, it's two of your titles, and like that already <laughs> makes you the the main host of the show, and well, uh, it's setting a dangerous precedent. I mean, but when we compare how many times we've seen them live, then I'll uh, reclaim yeah. my rightful <laughs> <laughs> position. Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's let's do. We both podcast together, and then the subtitle is The Hazards of Loving the Decemberists. All right. I'll, I'll take it. All right. That sounds good. All right. That's that's t-shirtable. So now let's maybe introduce ourselves. Yeah, I think this, now is as good a time as any. Okay. Uh, so my name is Pete Wissinger. Uh, and my name is Matt Esner. And uh, we are taking on the mission of really paying more attention to a small indie band and dissecting it than really anybody probably should. Although I guess technically the indie label has not been accurate for the Decemberists for some time. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I was, I was reading an interview with uh, Colin Malloy, uh, lead singer of the Decemberists. I don't know if you've heard of them, but uh, they're yeah. If you're listening anyway. to this podcast and you don't know who Colin Malloy is, then we're doing a lot of educating right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was an interview from like 2011, I think. And he's like, indie hasn't existed as a practical descriptor for 10 years, approximately. I mean, that, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. But that, that's kind of what he, his, his notion was. Like, the whole idea of indie music as a descriptor 
hasn't been accurate since like 2001. So yeah, I've been asking my this question for a while, which the question I'd asked for a while was, is indie rock dead? And I, you know, and I think about this because, you know, I'm a teacher, so I talk to young people and hear what they're listening to. And like now I've started to wonder not just is indie rock dead, but like is rock and roll even really a thing anymore? Uh, I think I think the Imagine Dragons would have something to say about okay. that. And and they would say something really like platitudinal and arena rocky. So that's fair. Maybe we we should maybe steer clear of uh, general hot takes. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I I think that's a valid question. I mean, like when was the last like you know rock band that made it on like I don't know yeah pop radio or I mean like I mean this might not be a good indicator because it's not necessarily something i pay a ton of attention to but when was the last time a rock band was on snl you know like oh. not that necessarily I mean, snl is is the arbiter of what's what's popular but i feel like i still see Coldplay doing stuff like that a lot okay so that's your definition of rock and roll that's i mean that's, whoa that whoa cold play is not rock wow we <laughs> are a definition we are really veering into some uh <laughs> we're gonna get so many nasty comments um, yeah, I mean, let me say this. I have seen Coldplay live and they do rock live. There you go. But not every I, band that rocks is a rock band. That's, that would be my, yeah, my point is I, I don't think they're a rock band. I think they're an adult contemporary band. All right. So let's maybe veer back to the Decemberists. So maybe let's, let's set some goals, uh, for this, for this podcast. Okay. What, what, what can, what can people expect, uh, for this podcast? So I think from this podcast, you're going to get, um, a decent sort of history of the band, I would hope, um, give you some context for how they've changed over time. Because really, out of any of the bands that you know I have obsessed over in my life, uh, this is a band that really does not seem comfortable sticking to a particular, even genre. Um, and you know they they had this sort of sound that kind of defined them early on and they have not been shy to just throw that completely out the window almost so we'll see that evolution uh sort of a historical overview um you'll hear us um sort of analyze lyrics and uh and music for their entire catalog uh, maybe songs you haven't heard yeah what, what, what are you thinking i mean i think it, general broad strokes it's going to be a an album by album dissection of the entire discography of the band, the Decemberists, um, you know, and, and their sort of cultural and, and maybe even personal impact uh, in terms of, you know, our own experiences with them. It's kind of interesting because, um, you know, I got really into indie rock whenever I was in college and I feel like my college years, which would be, 2004 to 2008 were sort of like a, a high point for indie rock as a genre. And, you know, I did college radio. I listened to tons and tons of bands, but I'd never really had the kind of personal connection to any of those bands that I did to the December. So I think there's going to be a lot of personal uh, kind of reflection for me. Well, I will say one of my, uh, one of my personal goals for the podcast is in, in the, in the, like, life of a music fan sometimes there's there's bands that you maybe uh regret 
uh, liking as much as you did or, or, or embarrassed her of liking oh, wow. a band as much as you did. And I'm, I don't think the Decemberists are going to be a band like that, but I think part of this, you know, exploration is going to sort of evaluate whether or not they are a, a band like that. I mean, they're, you know, right now they're not, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll unearth something through our through our listen that's like well maybe maybe they're not well it's, i don't know it's kind of interesting because you know um all we we have close friends who are all really really into this band um, right but i feel like outside of people that i am personally close to i don't know if i've ever met someone who would list them in one of their as one of their all-time favorite bands i would go so far as to say is out outside of people you know that you know we we know mutually and and a couple of my other friends i i don't think i know more than like 10 people who would know who the decemberists are right let let alone be fans of them just like know who they are or or could recognize a song by them i feel like one thing that i'm hoping if we do this you know chronologically and thoroughly is that one question i've kind of had a lot with indie rock is like how will indie rock age? Because I feel like it was such a, a genre for college kids. And like college kids aren't listening to that anymore. So it is now pretty much a genre for like the NPR crowd. So like, how has that maybe changed the music? Um, does it still have the kind of magic that it had when it was maybe more relevant to young people? Because I feel like whatever music is relevant with young people is the most relevant music. Yeah. I mean, culturally, that definitely seems to be, definitely seems to be the case. All right. So, so here's a question I wanted to ask you. How would you describe the Decemberists as a band to someone who's never heard of them? Ugh, um, when I was in my younger days and was more of a uh, sort of music evangelist, when I felt it was important to for the people I like to like the same music that I like, I would sort of lean on the, the more theatrical uh, elements of the Decemberists. I would be like, they're a sort of, uh, I don't know, rock band that plays like, you know, song stories. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if I were to describe them, I would probably say something like, um, call them like a folk rock band even though that doesn't necessarily describe their entire catalog. And I'd probably say something about um, hyper, like, literary in a way that should come off as pretentious, but usually doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the pretentiousness is a is a apt descriptor. Uh, and also, like, it's semi-ironic pretentiousness, I think. Yeah, it's very self-aware. But I also, like, that's the thing is that I think that their, you know, lyrics, which require a dictionary, is sort of something that they made a name for themselves with. But, you know, I don't get the feeling that, I think that Colin agrees that it's ridiculous that he uses the words that he uses. First and foremost, they're a band that does not take themselves too seriously. No, that they don't. And it's especially clear if you ever see them live. They are indie rock for English majors and theater kids. I think that's that is that is a a very good way to describe them and a very good way to make sure no one listens to their music. <laughs> <laughs> if you describe them like that. Like who are who are the most insufferable people that you can meet? Well, this is music for them. So 
<laughs> if um, you hate those people. So, okay, I've got a couple of other questions here. What is it about the Decemberists that either appealed to you back when you were like way into them or that still in a lingering way appeals to you now? Like what is it about them that sort of ignites a special spark compared to other bands that you're into? Uh, I feel like when I, when I first got into them, the, the sort of dramaticness of it appealed to me, like the sort of, you know, tongue in cheek theatricality of the band uh, kind of appealed to me. Well, I mean, semi. I was an English minor with a film major, so like I was, I was, I was on the verge of being arty. I was never like an arty kid, full fledged arty, but I was, I was semi arty. So I think like, you know, I was one of the one of their target demo. Yeah, I think I would definitely say the thing that made them stand out to me and why they quickly became my favorite band among other indie rock bands I was into would be their lyrics, because. I feel like in so much rock music, the lyrics are kind of throwaway. Um, and with the Decemberists, um, their lyrics were always intentional and like clever and funny in a way that bands had appealed to me in the past, like bands like they might be giants or Ben folds. Um, but it was coupled with, I think, um, more interesting music or at least more interesting to me and that sort of like old lived in storytelling kind of folk lyrics, um, I think is definitely what made them stand out to me. You know, you know, it might kind of be an interesting, uh, sort of exercise is to, to kind of calibrate, uh, where your tastes are musically. What would you say like your top five favorite bands are and, and are the Decembers part of that top five? Oh, so like, what would I say now? Yeah, maybe what would you say now versus if if you can pull it uh back then. Well, so I've got to say I got to say like interestingly enough, uh I feel like it's a very common story for people our age that like music was like the main thing I was into back when I was in like college, and as I drifted into my late 20s and early 30s, um I became less of a sort of ravenous consumer of new music. So I feel like my music taste is still kind of stuck in what I was into in college. Um, but if I was going to spitball a top five musical artists, I might say the Decembers would definitely be on there. And probably in addition, maybe Bell and Sebastian, um, Fleet Foxes, Arcade Fire, Sufjan Stevens. Uh, is that five? If I include that's, the Decembers? That's five. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like they are, all those bands I just said are like the same genre. Right. Even subgenre. Right. Um, sad white guy music. It is sad white boy music. Yeah. I mean, it's not the saddest of sad white boy Sure. Music. Yeah. I mean, you didn't say Elliot Smith, but I mean, that's a cliche. I love Elliot Smith. Anyway, what? so like, I know our musical tastes are very similar. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think at the time when I first got in the Decemberists, I, w- I wasn't like de- as deep into the indie music scene as you were at that point. Uh, but I would say, so, I mean, They Might Be Giants, Ben Folds 5, uh, Cake. Uh, soul coughing and probably, um, I mean, I was, I was into, I was into Guns N' Roses for a really long time, so they might still have been interesting. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I should have put the Beatles on that list, but that feels like cheating. Yeah. You can put it on there. It's fine. 
but I would I would say so since since getting into this Empress, I mean I would I would put them in my top top ten, maybe top five. They might make the top five. But I mean of current when I'm yeah, currently. Like when I when I think of music I'm listening to currently, uh it's it's you know, it's Jason Isbell, it's Nico Case, it's uh you know, the Decembers might sneak in there, honestly. I listen to them a decent amount. And then uh I don't know, like Vampire Weekend, I still listen to Vampire Weekend a lot. And then L C D sound system. That's that would probably be if I had to, if if you had to make me pick a top five right now, that's that's where I'm at. I put on I will just listen to modern vampires in the city on repeat. Yeah. It's it's great. Yeah, I mean the other thing that's changed in my musical taste as I have gone past college is I've gotten really into metal. Which there's some metal in the Decemberist catalog. There is, yeah, for sure. I mean, like the the very edge of metal, I would say, just yeah, barely it's, tiptoeing. It's, like, it's or at least it's influenced by Black Sabbath in the same way that metal is. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I've got another question for you. All right, before we start this project and deep dive, what would you say right now is your favorite Decemberist album? Oh, um, I mean, Hazards of Love, I think is really, yeah, yeah. What, where, what about you? Where are you at right now? Um, I think I would still probably say, and it's hard for me to pick between Picaresque and Crane Wife because I feel like they are both sort of capturing the same Decemberists era and feel. Um, but if put a gun to my head and made me pick between the two, I would probably say Picaresque. And now that might be because that was the album that um, had just come out when I got into them. But I feel like if I was going to have someone listen to one Decemberist album to get a feel for what they are like, I would have them listen to Picaresque. I mean, I think that's that's fair. That's the album that got me into them. So, I mean, in fact, you know, full disclosure, you are the person who got me into the Decemberists. It wasn't. Oh, so I know. We didn't. <laughs> didn't I mean we we know <laughs> now we they know. know they know now yeah. so yeah I mean I think uh you you and your brother were doing that radio uh that radio right. show right and so you're like you were listening to a ton of new stuff and I think for for a couple of years like really all of the music I got into was through you yeah I mean I feel like the I, I really got into indie rock my sophomore or the end of my freshman year of college. So that would be like late 2000 or like 2004, 2005 ish. All right. Well, I mean, I feel like we're, we're in a place to wrap up. I think. Yeah. So So this means that, um, soon you'll be hearing our, uh, this is an episode zero. So we'll be getting episode one, which is about five songs. The first EP put out under the name, the Decemberists. Uh well yeah so this has been this has been episode zero of we we both podcast together the hazards of Sub, loving December subtitle <laughs> the hazards of loving the Decemberists uh, so I think we could both agree that like the dream is for this to blow up so much that we get the entire band on this show yeah I you know the the, the illusions of grandeur I have like I've thought about that scenario and I'm like is that something I would if, is that something I would want. Well, here's what's weird. I used to be that guy that hung around after concerts to try and meet bands. And I think I've actually talked to every member of the band except John. No, I think I did. I think I have talked to all of them. I'm sure they remember me. I'll just call them. 
John seems the most approachable. Like that's I I have that oh, no, opinion no, no. of them. Nate and Ginny, I think, are the most approachable. You think so? Yeah, mostly because I actually emailed Nate to try and get them to sing "Happy Birthday" to my then girlfriend, uh, now wife, at a show, and he actually responded to the email. How did you get his email address? I dude, I don't know. I don't remember. Were you just trying like every variation of <laughs> Nate of Query Nate at G- <laughs> Nate dot Query at? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember, but uh, yeah, he said that they couldn't play "Happy Birthday." They don't do that. Um, but if I had any requests, he could see what he could do, and I requested the Tane, <laughs> and uh, then they started the show with that. So you're welcome, St. Louis. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that, that, that does it for our first episode. So okay. uh, I don't have a sign-off yet. I feel like that's something that most podcasts have is a sign-off. So, so should the sign-off be some sort of like uh, lyrical uh, illusion? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to force anything. Uh, but maybe maybe that's our project for the next episode is we'll, we'll, we'll both. All right. All right. Homework for, for next time. Come up with an ending sign-off. Till then, uh, listen to the Decemberists. Oh boy, I hope that's. Okay, okay. All right, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna throw another one out here. Okay, just off the cuff, go. All right, all right. Um, Don't think too hard. Uh, uh, till next time, go join the Youth and Beauty Brigade. Oh boy, yeah. That's a lyric from the song California One, Youth and Beauty Brigade. Well, I'm I'm familiar. Oof. All right. Well, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll be filling we'll our mouths time. with with cinnamon. Till next time. We'll we'll try better, guys. <laughs> All right. Bye.